This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. If you are enjoying the show, and I hope you are, I wanted to mention our Patreon because that is the best thing that you can do to support the show if you are so inclined. Patrons get access to every podcast a week early without any of the ads. There's also members-only channels in the Discord that I am super active in. I do Q&As, I do some giveaways, and for everyone who has asked, there's also a way to have me review your music or artwork or anything else that you would like to get my eyes or ears on. Every month, I do a call for submissions on Patreon. You post your work in the comments, and then I will review it live on Twitch and then post them to YouTube for everybody on Patreon as well. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, there's a link to that in the show notes for this podcast. I also wanted to mention a new podcast. It's produced by my good friend Ray Harkins for the Labeled podcast, and it is about the making of the new Under Oath album called Voyeurist. It's basically the story about how this whole album came together, talking to members of the band, people who work with them at the label, their producers, managers, all kinds of people. For example, in episode number one, a few of the names that they've brought together for the show are James Paul Wisner, producer Matt Goldman, Adam D of Killswitch, also producer Matt Squire, producer David Bendeth, a producer to name just a few. They also talked to Tim from Under Oath, their engineer JJ Revel, to talk about the production philosophy of the band and highlight the work done on the song Damn Excuses from the new LP. And that's just the first one. There's lots more to come. And if it's got Ray on board and the folks from the Labeled podcast, Labeled is uh, another great show where they document like the history of Solid State and Tooth and Nail. So if you're interested in Under Oath, I think you should check this out. You're going to like it. I've seen some of the stuff on YouTube. I thought it was really cool. haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but... I know this is going to be great stuff, so I would highly suggest that you check it out. If you want to do that, there's a link in the show notes of this episode, and uh, tell them I sent you. Well, I know a little bit about you because we have a mutual friend, Morgoth Beats. Morgoth is the man. He's awesome. He is the man. I love that guy. So I've been following your stuff for a while. seems like you have kind of, I don't know, seems like you kind of have leveled up recently and maybe like... I don't know, changed your style up a bit from when I remember you starting. Can you talk about that a little bit and tell us what you're up to these days? Um, Yeah, so I'm working on a project. I actually started working on it around the same time quarantine or COVID hit. So um, for the past two years, we started. um, Yeah, the new sound is really like I've used a lot of my um, hip hop roots and hip hop melodies 
and um, blended them with uh, live rock instrumentation. So um, the new sound is really dope. It's got, you know, live bass, live guitar, live drums. Uh, I worked on a bunch of records with uh, Rook, actually with Morgoth too. We got a couple records. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been really, it's been really cool. And the music is sounding really dope. What what prompted you to change direction? Like that stuff I heard, you know, years ago was, I guess I would say like just pretty much straight rap. Yeah, yep. Really just getting in the studio with my with my friend Rook. I've known Rook for two years. I don't know if you know who he is. He's yeah. a UK's drummer and and uh we got in the studio and um we just started working and he started uh playing live instruments and and I just really loved the love my tone um over top of it and, and we just kept riding with it and uh ultimately turned into a, a, an album. And I hear you have a song with or a video rather with Sueco coming out soon, who is also awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. Great artist. Great producer, actually, too. He actually produced the song that we did. Um, yeah, we shot the video. Uh, the song's called Fuck Society. Self-explanatory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's that one about? The The video we shot is, is it was really cool. It was like um, me us going to an intervention and then really just fucking off the intervention and and uh it was cool rook will rook played the drums in it and um yeah it's a really great song and that that's coming out i think in in like the 20 january 21st gotcha well how has it been as an artist like kind of adapting to i guess having like more of a rock band as opposed to just like a beat not a lot has changed really you know like like i said i'm using still much of the same melodies all the all the verses are are very um very rap driven like i said most of most of the change has really just been from the instrumentation not the not the vocals so it's been it's been really cool it's been like a a a, a really cool process of of blending genres yeah did you like grow up listening to a lot of pop punk or anything um i grew up listening to like chili peppers and nirvana and um not really pop punk more the grunge scene and uh, and then obviously a lot of hip-hop coming from omaha nebraska i was kind of forced to listen to it on um on the radio you know they played a lot of like the song 41 and the good charlotte and um so it was kind of embedded in me you know home of 311 right yeah they're actually i went to the same high we went to the same high school together but they were they were probably like five or seven years older than me I think okay. maybe maybe even more. Yeah, probably probably more. They're like older than me, so they're probably a lot older than you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They probably graduated in like the late '80s or something. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot older. O- than Omaha's me. finest. After you, you're almost Omaha's finest, but they're number two. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. We can all coincide. Yeah. Well, so you've been working with Rook for a while now. How did you get to know him? Actually, just living in L.A. Like I said, I'm from Omaha, but I've been in L.A. for five, six years now. So I moved out here when I was 19 and um, I met him like three years ago. So we really um, we just met at like a party and shit and just kept kicking it. And and uh, most recently just started getting in the studio, like I said, probably two years ago. Did you move to LA before you got signed or, and then like get signed out there or after you got signed or how did that work? Cause like, there's a lot of people that want to move from Omaha to LA and a lot of people that don't pull it off. I was uh, actually blessed with just the opportunity of getting like a, a very strong core social media following while I was doing the music. So um, I was able to take that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a deal um, before I came to LA. So I was still independent in LA for like, three years and then two years ago i decided i wanted to i always had a dream of just starting my own label and um 
I I partnered up with uh, my business partner. His name's James McMillan. Um, and we started my label called Alignment Records. And then we took that deal uh, and did a joint venture with Atlantic Records. So got it. that's kind of how we started that. And then um, at the time, I was like, man, I got all this all that's going on. I need somebody to help me, you know, manage the situation. And that's how I kind of um, ended up linking with Wiz. And well, I'd already linked with Wiz in the studio, just being in LA. But um, that's when Will started to come around and he, uh, I was looking for a manager and having manager meetings. And he ended up, uh, you know, that he was, he was just the right fit for me. And, and we ended up uh, locking in a management deal. And that's kind of how my whole situation came together on the business side. What advice would you have for someone else that's living in, you know, somewhere like Omaha or whatever, fill in the blank, kind of out of the way city like that? Would you advise that they like, you know, build up a following before they move or stay there and be a big fish in a small pond? Or I mean, I guess it's probably not one size fits all, but what advice would you have for someone like that? Yeah, like you said, I mean, every, every, um, you know, every artist is going to have a different path, you know, um, for me um like i said i was blessed with the social media side you know right now i mean you see people you know doing very well on the tiktok side um Swaco being one of them um he's making a huge impact on that side and it's it's helped uh dramatically with his uh with his music so i mean i would say always no matter what even getting a deal like you still got to push push very hard on the social side you know that's only going to benefit you and those those followers those fans are the ones that are really engaged you know those are the ones that uh that really love you that show up to the concerts and um yeah i would say you know you're always going to need you know the, the, the core fan base so and you always need to tap into what's new um being an artist because that's part of the game there's a lot of people that feel like, you know, they shouldn't have to do that stuff. Like all they should do is just make music and I don't want to do social media and all that stuff. That's just not the world we live in. Nah, not no more. Unfortunately, it's not. Um, I wish I could, you know, just do the music because that's what I love doing. But um, with this shit, you know, you got to you got to definitely tap into to to that shit. And, um, you know, you never know what could happen with it, too. You know, it, it could uh, it could shoot you to to the number one chart. So. Right. It, it sounds like a lot of what has happened for you has been from just being in L.A. and hanging out with people and just making those organic connections of like, you know, people that you vibe with. Do you think that you can make for someone that like either can't move or or doesn't want to right now? Um, do you think you can make those kind of organic connections like you did, you know, in DMs and social media and stuff? Or do you think you actually need to be physically in the same place? No, I think it's actually a lot easier now. You know, it's um, like you said, we can we can DM somebody and be all the way across the world and and make a connection. And and I think that's super, like super, super cool, you know, because it's like then it gives the opportunity to the artist to be like, yo, I, you know, I fuck with this dude. Um, I would love to make some music with you. And, and I think it, it definitely opens the, opens the opportunities a lot larger. So on that note, uh, I hear that you just went to Art Basel and did some stuff there. And from what I heard, like this Art Basel was pretty wild because people are kind of like cooped up and stuff like that. What was it like for you? It was cool. It was really cool. Yeah, we actually had a it was called Rock Basel, so that was pretty sweet. There was a couple um really actually dope openers, um guy named Raised by Wolves and and some other um really cool artists, a guy named Mad Kelly who's from um South Florida also. Uh it was really dope though. It was a cool show. 
Um, that was the first time I actually went to Art Basel. And uh, have you been down there? No, I mean, I've been to Miami, but I haven't been to Art Basel. Not for Art Basel. Yeah, Art Basel was cool, though. I had a good time. Miami's always wild. So, yeah, yeah. we had a good time. It sounds like it was pretty chill, though. I mean, there's, you know, so much like crime and stuff happening in L.A. If there was something like that going on in L.A. right now, I don't know if I would go. But it sounded like it was pretty chill in Miami. L.A. has been pretty scary. You know, it's I, we, I, we were actually talking about that. And it, I think a lot of it has to do with like, you know, red state, blue state, you know, yeah. like in Miami, a lot more people are hesitant to rob somebody because everybody's got a gun, you know, so they're going to be very scared, you know, yeah. a little bit more hesitant to come up and rob somebody out here. They're like, oh, most people can't even conceal a gun. So, you know. Right. But yeah, Miami's fun, man. No troubles and and uh, got to kick it by the water, watch the sunrise. It's cool. I was thinking about that, like the neighborhood we live in, we live close to like a huge military base. And it's probably like probably three quarters of the people here are like either in the military were and like everybody here has a gun. And I just think, don't imagine anybody's going to try to rob a house in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's you, you're a little more hesitant when you know people got a, got a gun, you know, where what, what area are you staying? Uh, like south of Seattle in Olympia. Oh, OK, cool. Seattle's dope. Yeah, I like it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, a little taste of it right down to the shaky microphone and all. And my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, 
You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player and when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Have you done a lot of touring? I have. So like the beginning of my journey, when I dropped uh, the Skaterade project, which was 2016, I ended up going on a headlining tour, um, like 500 cap venues. And we did really well. Um, I had one opener. Uh, we sold out like five, five or six of them, and the rest were like 300, 300, 400. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. We sold the Roxy out here. We did Chicago Reggie's, Reggie's Live, and it was a really cool, like, starting um, starting uh, tour for me, um, my first headlining tour ever. And then after that, I just started opening up for a lot more artists, um, like Ray Schremmer. I went and did uh i opened up for lil wayne at lsu and uh where's the other one alabama um those were really big college shows which were dope um and then obviously i've done two summer tours uh with wiz he he did uh a tour with french montana and he also did a tour with uh ray schrummer which was really really cool too that i i got the pleasure of opening up um for him on do you think you're gonna like bring a band out in the future oh yeah definitely so um Moving forward, uh, actually, all of my shows have been... I actually went back to Omaha to my hometown um, two months ago and did a show um, at the waiting room, sold that out. It was really, really dope. It's always cool going back to my city and uh, seeing familiar faces, seeing my family. And we had a full band, and it was it was really, really good turnout, really fun. Are you going to have, like, a consistent band or just kind of put that together, like, on a show-by-show basis? Or Yeah, I'm putting I'm, – I'm definitely uh, having some tryouts, if you, if you know anybody, you know. Um, but uh, I would love to get, you know, when Rook's not – when Rook is, is available, because he's, he's um, obviously going on tour with MGK. They're coming up on another tour. Um, he's super busy, but I would love to have him come to, you know, some of the bigger shows like uh, festivals and, and and such. Yeah. Are you planning on playing with more rock bands or kind of stick to playing with rap artists or where do you where do you feel about that? As the music has um, started to evolve and, and people are bending genres that we have a we have a very um, cool opportunity to. To just, you know, depending on, you know, the fans, like, obviously, you know, there's always going to be certain fan bases that hate certain shit and, yeah. you know, don't like certain shit. But I think it's uh, it's in a cool position and transition that uh, you can do both, you know. Yep. So I'm hoping to I'm hoping to get on some some dope hip hop festivals and, and some dope rock festivals also. Yeah, it's cool now that I feel like artists have permission to be like multi genre. You know, For that you sure. can, you could do like MGK could put out a rap album next and like, it would be fine. Nobody's yeah. going to be like, Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. And that goes back to, you know, having a real core fan base, you know, um, if you can, if you can really, uh, lock in with 
with people that uh, can relate to your music and they're going to stick with you no matter what. What would you say, like for any artists who are listening, a lot of a lot of people listen to this are musicians. What would you say in the beginning is the key to building that organic fan base? Like what did you do back in the Omaha days that was successful for you? So for me, actually back in Omaha, um, I actually went to, so I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned, but I, I played basketball growing up all through high school. And then I went to college for a year and played basketball at D D2 college. That was oh, like okay. three hours. Yeah, it was like three hours away from from Omaha. So, uh, but I was it was a uh, performing in art school too. So I was able to still like work on music and they, you know, colleges like always have artists that come and, mm-hmm. and they book them and and I was always the guy that they would have open up. So I was gaining like a cool following there and then a cool following in Omaha too. So I would say, you know, if you're if you're from like a smaller city like that, like Nebraska too, definitely um, remain very loyal to you know the the state you know also and and grab those following but you know do as much as you can on the tiktok on the youtube on on any social media you know just reaching out just just even just commenting back to a fan you know like those types of things will really lock in like real true fans you know they just want to be heard just like um you know sometimes we do and sometimes we need somebody, um, you know, to talk to. So, you know, sometimes just hitting a DM back, like, is can really go a really long way. Totally. I mean, there's a point, like, MGK can't read all those DMs and stuff, obviously. But, like, I think it's weird when smaller artists don't engage like that. It's like, what are you here for? It's like, it's called social media for a reason. Well, and that goes back to really, like, what is your purpose in doing this? You know, I've always had a purpose of... um you know, just trying to relate to people. Like if I can, if I can put out a record and, um, you know, somebody across the world can be like, wow, like I feel the same way. Um, that's something that's really special, you know? And if I can help somebody get through something, um, through, through my words, through my music, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's important. And, and if, if, if artists lose, lose sight of that, um, you know, they start to, they start to fall off. And it's easy to think that like, oh, my new video only got 800 views, 800 people. That's a lot of people. So I exactly. So I love that you said that, because for me, I would always be like, yo, because they'd always be like, you know, there's always those people. Oh, man, if I don't get the views or this and that, I'm like, gee, like, like you said, if I drop one song, right. And it's two people's favorite song. I just gained two people. You know what I'm saying? Two fans. I love my music, I, whether it's a hundred, whether if two people came up on the up to you on the street and said they love your music, you'd be you'd be thrilled. Exactly. So I take it. I take it like, hey, if I drop a song and five people like it, cool, that's five new fans, you know, and, and I think artists want that. They see they see that quick, you know, yeah, quick, quick clout from certain artists. And like, oh, shit, well, why? Why can't I do that? Or, you know, it's it's all different for different people. And, and you got to really put in the, the extra steps to get there. And and I've always stuck to just uh, the craft and the music, you know, just staying in the gym and staying focused and and just trying to just trying to better my music every day. That's that's important to me. This might be random, but do you feel like you learned anything from sports in that way? Because like you got to put in the reps in sports like nobody thinks you're going to be good at basketball overnight. Oh yeah, one thousand. I lit, it definitely taught me discipline. Um, it taught me um, to still remain humble. 
um it taught me you know having a coach and sports definitely helped me with with what i'm doing you know i think they correlate you know that's why they always say rappers and 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 uh ball players are very synonymous you know they want to be like us we want to be like them it's kind of the same thing <laughs> right right yeah and like performing under pressure you know there's just like so much crossover going out in front of fans yep 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 yeah but basketball definitely helped me a lot man just just as a as a human though you know too you know i think growing up playing sports um it's definitely it's definitely helped me in the long run i didn't play any team sports when i was a kid but i really wish that i did I played later, but I wish I did because they just teach you so much about getting along with people and like not being a sore loser. And like, if you're playing a team sport, you can't make it all about you. Like just so many of these things that translate into everything. Yeah. And and I think that's something that, you know, with, with social media, with our iPhones and stuff, you know, parents, maybe not even parents, but just kids, you know, they stray away from that because it's not something that interests them because they got a phone that gives them dopamine levels you know what i'm saying and by getting likes they it raises their dopamine and they like that so they kind of just you know fall over there to that side instead of you know falling into something that um like a sport you know but right yeah it's it's definitely something that i i love and i still love to this day i love playing basketball well it it sounds like kind of a common theme to a lot of what you do is about kind of being grateful and staying grounded and stuff. 1000%. I'm super grateful, super blessed, man, to be just in a position to do what I love, you know? It's it's not a it's not something I take for granted. There's a lot of people who are in small towns or out of the way cities or whatever that feels like they're so in a hurry to like make it in LA or make it in New York or whatever and they don't they just like completely look past the city that they're in and it's like, well, if you can't get people in Omaha to care about you, you're definitely not going to get people in LA to care about you. Because they don't even care about your period out here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nah. Um. Like like you said, it goes back to that point where it's just like, what are you doing this for? You know, like, are you doing this for the money and for people? Are you doing it for people's opinions? Because I've never done it for like for like people's opinions. You know, like I've always done it just to get better at music. And like I said, to, to uh, be able to connect with, with people all across the world and um, to try to help them through, through the music. So it just goes back to that, you know, what people's real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like motivation. Yeah. What's their real motivation for, for this? You mentioned helping people a couple of times. Like what, what way would you want to help them? I mean, a lot of my music, um, you know, I've gone through a lot of, ups and downs you know i've been through some 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 very uh sad moments in my career i've been up i've had a lot of money i've had damn near no money so you know just being able to say like yo like i'm the same as you you know what i mean like we go through the same problems we're both human we're not like just to like i think a lot of stars will get to a certain point and they kind of like they they're only that star you know i was just talking to um Josh Madden, who's uh, who's Joel's. You, are you yeah. familiar with Charlie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about that he and run, just how, yeah. like, you know, like losing sight of like, you know, my real name's Nathan. So it's like, how do you still um, keep skate and keep Nathan still there, too? You know, so it's the balance, you know? Yeah. Some people just lose it and then all they are is skating and they don't remember that, you know, they're on the same level. Like we're all the same. 
we're all human you know we're all gonna die one day you know you don't you don't get to cheat death just because you're a star doesn't mean you're not gonna die <laughs> and at the end of the day all that clout and stuff when you're on your deathbed nobody cares you know what i'm saying nope it's not gonna mean shit to you at all bro yeah well cool before i let you go last question just an idea if things if things don't work out i think you should just start telling people you're jack harlow <laughs> That's funny, man. Nah, things are going to work out for me, man. I'm blessed. I'm, I, I stay in the gym. I work hard and, and I can't wait to drop my new album. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's, I hope it's something that people can relate to. Like I said. Yeah. Well, what, uh, I, I know you got some features and stuff coming up. What can you tell people about that before I let you go? Um, yeah, I got some old pop punk bands on it. I got, um, I can't really say some of the names at the moment, but definitely some old pop punk bands on there. And um, some new school, obviously, Swaco's on there and uh, some some hip hop artists, too. So it's it's a it's a cool blend. It's it's very cool. Right on. Well, thanks again for making time for this and uh, we'll catch you around. All right, brother. Thank you again. Take care. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like chocolates. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.